that movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. The old lady in the middle took out a huge pair of scissors. Gold and silver, long-bladed, like shears. I heard Grover catch his breath. We're getting on the bus, he told me. Come on. What? I said. It's a thousand degrees in there. Come on! He pried open the door and climbed inside, but I stayed back. Across the road, the old ladies were still watching me. The middle one cut the yarn, and I swear I could hear that snip across four lanes of traffic. Her two friends balled up the electric blue socks, leaving me wondering who they could possibly be for. Sasquatch or Godzilla? Welcome to Of the Eldest Gods, where we discuss Rick Riordan's role as our godly parent. I'm Taylor from Cabin 6. And I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. Yeah, this week we covered the fate of the Furious. Did we? Yeah, you know, the fates... They're they're in this chapter. I can only come up with bad jokes, listeners. That's that's what I'm here for. Okay. Oh uh, well, I have never seen a single Fast and the Furious movie, with the exception of Tokyo Drift. So unless you want to talk about Tokyo Drift, I w- did the wrong thing this week. <laughs> I haven't watched any of them, so. That would be funny if we tried to talk about any of these things. Okay, so let's talk about three old ladies knit the socks of death instead. Yeah, that sounds... That's what I did the work for, actually. In case you didn't do your reading this week and you want a quick recap, the year is wrapping up at Yancey Academy and it did not go well for Percy. He finds his grade slip from a D to an F and faces constant confusion about the mysterious Mrs. Dodds. The only two good things about Yancey or Mr. Brunner's class, and hanging out with Grover. But that is about to change when he finds out he will not be asked back next school year. Before taking his Latin final, he goes to visit Mr. Brunner for some help. Instead, he hears Grover talking to him about Percy. An added bonus, they are talking about keeping him alive. Mr. Brunner leaves Percy with a reminder that Yancey is not right for him, which is not the greatest thing to say to a 12-year-old. On the last day, Grover and Percy head back to Manhattan on a Greyhound, and Grover is forced to reveal a little bit more about his life, but not enough. Their trip is halted by a bus malfunction, and they are greeted by three old ladies knitting some socks and clipping a thread. And that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> well, yours was actually funny. I, I, I was born Mine with a gift, funny. man. I don't know what to tell you. XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs> That's literally all I know from that. That's my only reference. That's 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 all I got. Hey, so back on this episode of Where the Fuck Are We? We are in the Hudson River Valley. We don't know exactly where the Yancey Academy is located. It's never explicitly stated in the books. But judging by his description, it's probably somewhere on the Upper East Side of New York in the Adirondacks. So 
he talks about a lot about following the Hudson River down on their Greyhound leading into Manhattan. So that is the most likely where we are in this chapter, uh, somewhere in the Adirondacks along the Hudson River, hoping for the very best. But who knows? We don't, we don't know. I'm just using my, my context clues. I hope my elementary school teachers are real proud of me. Who the fuck are we this week? Uh, well, that's where the fuck we are this week. Um, Am I? Who, who the fuck are we? <laughs> well, I think we're still Percy. Uh, yes, you, you, in fact, are Percy now. Damn it. That's who you are. I need to go. T- I need to go tell Joe. He might not know yet. Listeners, <laughs> I can't see her right now, and I just heard a door close. So I think that's the bit that she just she left to go tell Joe. I'm back. All right. So it's it's not even what we're fighting. It's just a thing that is here. How how would one fight the fates? That's my question. Very carefully. Can you fight the fates? Can you fight fate? Yeah, like... I have questions. Please tell me more. Alright, so, literally in the title of the chapter, it's, th- it's the three old ladies who knit the socks of death. Those are the fates from mythology. Once again, I will probably butcher some Greek words. Yay! Uh, so their Greek name is the Moirai. I believe that's how that's said. Um, Their name literally, like, translates to, like, fate or doom. Real, real great, you know? Real uplifting there. I'm a fan. Yeah. And as literally everybody in mythology, their, their parentage is just anyone and possibly Zeus. Probably Zeus. Zeus is an option, but also, like... Kronos, not not that Kronos, the 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 other one, <laughs> not the Titan, but like the primordial god of time, and his wife. It was just the funny way you said it, Kronos, but not that one. Uh, sometimes Nick, sometimes Uranus. They they do have siblings though, the Hore. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's what it is. That the hours. That's what it means. Which is misleading because they're actually, they represent the seasons. They're called the hours, but they represent the seasons. Sounds about I right. don't. Mythology, what are you doing with your life? What isn't it doing with its life? Mythology itself is probably doing Zeus right now. You can't see how much I'm face palming right now. She can, but you can't, listener. Yeah, they're pretty deep into it. Just like Zeus is into mythology. Okay. Uh, so their their origins. They were once like one goddess. It looks like Moira. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. But you know, like eventually they became three goddesses because you know, the rule of three. Three is better. And also, were the Greeks copying, like, the three Norns from Norse mythology? Probably. They're, they're kind of, like, almost exactly the same. 
I like to... Three goddesses that rule over fate and destiny and just bad shit happening in your life, basically. Yeah, I just I just accept that everybody copied each other. Yeah. Most mythologies copy each other. I just love that, like, these three are just... They don't seem to ever be in positive context. It's always just bad shit happening, not like... Their name basically means doom. Exactly. That's what I, the, I... I said that specifically because of that. Like, it just works thematically. Okay, so the three sisters. We got, we got Clotho, the spinner. She spins the thread. We got Lachesis. I, I know how to say that one because of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh... I want to talk about that. Her name means the allotter, and she measures the thread. Then we have Atropos, the inevitable, and she cuts the thread. Ooh. I love that, like, measuring the thread is, like, a, a an important enough thing. You know? Well, you don't want to cut somebody's life too short or too long. Yeah, you know? I like that. My notes are... In fragments here. We're having such fun. That's my life. Yes, I know. The more the more right the fates. Jeez. Um, they appear like three nights after a child's birth to like tell you about their life. Tell like the parents, like, oh, what's gonna happen to this child's? They're gonna die someday. And like it brings up um and it specifically brings up um Maliger. Who is like, his fate is very interesting, because uh, his his life is like tied to uh, a piece of wood, and if it goes aflame, then he dies. Maybe that'll be important someday. Maybe not. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just interesting. I like the fact that we got like triple goddesses. I love triple goddesses. The rule of three. They just, they work. It fits. It's basically all I had to say, is that they're cool and they're fucking scary. <laughs> My favorite type of women. I'm not lying. Scary women are the best. <laughs> they don't let themselves be fucked with, and it's beautiful. Oh my goodness. So you know it's bad when I'm just silently laughing? That's, that's worse than me cackling. Honestly. I'm funny. Yes, you are. Okay, now let's talk about the chapter. <laughs> you know what we open up on this chapter with? You know what we open up with? Hallucination! Gaslighting! Lying! Yeah! Yay! Telling somebody they're crazy! Yay! I love I love gaslighting in 2021 America. Wait, no, this is, uh, is this? 2000... This is 2005, right? 2005. Yeah. 2005 America. Same difference! <laughs> Same difference? I think a lot has changed, but okay. Hey, but has the gaslighting changed? No. <laughs> My point exactly. So, like, we we don't pick up exactly right after the field trip, but basically things are just not going too hot for Percy's mind. Yeah, this chapter covers, like, the entire rest of the year, which is, like, a month, I think? It was, like, May in the last chapter, and now it's, like, school's yeah, ended. Yeah, it's, like, beginning of June. Yeah. yeah. So, 
You've got a month just sort of squeezed in here. It's basically all finals. Ah, uh, lovely. We we love that time of year. Mm, finals, my favorite. Finals and the fates. Ooh. Very fitting. The fate of the finals. The fatal finals. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> so I think it's really telling, like, right at the beginning... He's talking about how the campus is playing tricks on him. Yeah. And we hear Mr. Brunner mention something about the campus and imagination later in the chapter. So it's interesting that that's like the first thing we see is this idea of him not trusting his own head. I'm just, I feel so bad for Percy right now. He's just—he's doing his best. He's just trying his best. He's trying his yeah. best. That's—that's that's what we have to keep saying every time. That's—that's that's the motto that I live by. I'm just trying my best. We find out that like this Mrs. Kerr has supposedly been here this whole since Christmas. Sorry. So, so that means that she. So that just means that like they still did have the other teacher who was there and had a breakdown. So it's not—it's definitely not the yeah. same one from before yeah yeah because we were we were talking about that last week where we weren't sure but it's looking like here that yeah so she stepped in they are two different yeah but we still don't know what happened to the poor i want to know how mrs kerr just appeared like what what did they do how did they create this woman to make her was she just was she just teaching somewhere else and like she just got zapped here one day and she's like well this might as well happen except she's obviously married okay okay i don't know if this would be like a spoiler section but like you can cut this out but like did they just is she also like another like a nymph or something that they just kind of like randomly added in there who just kind of exists there's a good possibility. I don't think this is a spoiler. We were talking about Greek mythology. Nymphs are pretty common. Like, bring her in. Like, hey, hey, this one died. Can you, like, come over and fill in right now for the next month? <laughs> I would imagine that the gods are watching the situation, um, considering what we find out later in the book. So I could see this being a combination of higher-ups being like, well, uh, we need a nymph to stand in. You you look pretty. Let's go. You know, it would be insane if it was actually, like, a goddess or something. Like, they just plopped Athena in there. No, it's just Hestia. They're just like, here, have Hestia for a while. She's not doing anything. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, to be honest. I love Hestia. Oh no, she's great. I love that she... She's like one of my favorites. Let's be honest. She's not doing much. Her job is to protect the home. The hearth. Hearth? Hearth. I can't... Hearth. Word. I always say it hearth. Yeah. But I say something fast. So, yeah. There's there's things happening in this chapter. Mostly just... Mostly gaslighting. Mostly gaslighting. Oh, oh, I really liked... So, we were talking about it's like finals... And her, Percy specifically says he only studied for Latin. And, like, I love that. Like, that's <laughs> the only thing he cares about. You want you want me to rant? You, for oh, second? are you going to rant? Okay, we got, a, we got a certified Taylor rant coming at you. Okay. 
once again, as a teacher, this should tell you something about your class. If a student has given up so incredibly much that he's not even associating with the fact that there is a final. Like, how much did you screw up that this poor child can has decided only one class matters? Uh, that's my mini rant for the for the moment. I have many problems with Yancey. As one should. It is a school for troubled kids. I mean, I know as we go throughout the entire series, every time a school is mentioned, I'm gonna rant about it. Oh, I can't I can't wait for every single one of them. Because none of the schools he's in turn out well for him. I think high school went okay, maybe? I don't know. He had other things to worry about, though. <laughs> True enough. He talks about how he's feeling cranky and irritable all the time. There's still a bunch of weather phenomena that's going bananas. They had a tornado uh, 50 miles from Yancey that is the biggest one ever spotted in the Hudson Valley. Like, I don't blame him for his grades plummeting. Like, I, I get it with my students right now during the pandemic. Like... They're struggling. Well, also, he was... The world is falling He was about. also expelled before finals. I just realized that in my notes. Like, he literally says he was told he wouldn't be invited back to the school before they went to finals. Yeah. So would you try? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, especially as a sixth grader, it's not gonna follow you. Permanent records. No child, no child left behind. He's just gonna pass on anyhow. Yeah. So I I have lots of problems and I think I I think there's just I don't like the fact that he's away from his mom so much. Yeah. I think that also causes a lot of the issue. He's he only has two people in the world essentially. He has Grover and Mr. Brenner. And he knows Grover's lying to him. I mean, he also knows Mr. Brenner is lying, but like Grover is supposed to be like his best friend. His best friend. And Grover's very apparent that he's lying. Yes. So, I don't know. I feel like having my best friend lie to me over a teacher. Yeah. I think it would suck to have the teacher lie to you, but then it's a whole nother level if it's your best friend. Yeah. Well, like, for Mr. Brunner, it's the whole, like, adult lying to you because you're a child trying to protect you thing. When Grover's, like, on Percy's level. So it's, like, different. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up this one quote, though, about Mr. Brenner that he says once he figures out he's not coming back. Mm -hmm. He said um, he'd miss Latin class, too, Mr. Brenner's crazy tournament days, and his faith that I could do well. Which I... Just goes back to what I was talking about with if you have a kid who doesn't care at all about your class, maybe look at how you're treating the children. And you see that with Brenner, like he he has faith in a kid that no everybody else has lost faith in. Yeah. Be more like Mr. Brenner. Yeah. Also, so like the next thing that happens is uh, before finals, Percy goes to ask for help, like. Is it the night before? Yeah, the night before. Good thing the teachers live at the school. Is this fucking like, Hogwarts? I... It's just funny. I just... 
it, it just feels like that, that procrastination feel like, uh, no one asked for help. Uh, no one asked for help. Okay, fine. I'm going to ask for help. But it's like the last fucking second. My kids this last weekend as the semester wrapped up. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you were mentioning this. If you're a child, first off, you shouldn't be listening because this is rated E. For everyone. <laughs> Sign off. If you are still listening, don't email your teacher at 2 a.m. and get mad when they don't answer. This has been my PSA. Teacher PSA is with Taylor. <laughs> I mean, he's at, he's at least trying to yeah. uh, study. It all comes back to the fact that he doesn't want to disappoint the one person who has faith in him. Yeah. So we get in, he's about to open the door. And then he just listens in because he hears his name. Which... I, I, the fact that he's, he's like, I dare you not to try to listen if you hear your best friend talking about you to an adult. Yeah. If I'm like walking around the corner in a hallway at school and I hear my name being talked about by two people I know, you bet your ass I'm going to stop. I would both be like, oh, I don't want to hear this. But at the same time, my curiosity would be like, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna stop and listen to this. And it's probably going to be bad. And uh, what we see uh, with their conversation, it's uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, um, there's time. there's some um, very vague things talked about. Yeah, we get the first mention of the mist. We don't know what it is yet. Wait, but... did they say that? Yep. He talks about the mist is convincing or covering things up for the students and staff and his imagination... Basically, it's saying that he they want him to think he's crazy because everybody else isn't thinking that way. And we don't know what the mist is yet, but it's obviously something that's covering up what's really happening. Mm. We also see the mention of a kindly one. As I mentioned in the last episode, the kindly one is the other name for the Fury. Our, our dear friend, Mrs. Dodds, rest in pieces, rest in <laughs> dust. Rest in dust. So everything like just leads up to them saying, let's worry about keeping Percy alive until next fall. Yikes. I don't blame him for dropping his book immediately as you hear that. Yeah. Uh... I don't think I would have stayed silent at that point. I probably would have been... Uh, I would have been like, fuck. And that's when we see some weird stuff with Broner, too. Yeah. He he says he has an archer's bow. To be honest, Broner probably just has an archer's bow laying around. He had a sword in his, in his office that he just brought out, so... That's not the weird part to me. No, it's really not. Which is the best part. Is like it, it just doesn't phase me. Now, when you hear clop, clop, clop while you're in well, the middle obviously of school, that's um, um, he he moved a, a desk or something. I don't know what he's doing. Is it a is it a coconut? Yes, he has um he has some coconuts that he was just I don't know. He wanted <clears throat> them for ambiance. He wanted that clop, clop, clop. What it why why would he have coke? Do you know what I'm referencing? I don't think so. A Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Nope. I haven't seen this. 
That's impressive because I don't see a lot of things. Well, for once, Taylor has seen a thing that I haven't. Besides Tokyo Drift. Only good Fast and the Furious movie. That's only because I haven't seen any of the other ones. So, yeah, Percy freaks out. Did did he say if he thinks he did well? I feel like he was like, nah, names. I probably did not do well on this. No, I'm pretty sure he... His eyes swimming with all the Greek and Roman names I'd misspelled. Mr. Brenner called me back inside. Yeah. He didn't seems to... He doesn't really mention anything. I mean, he's still stressed out because of what he heard the night before. Uh, he couldn't sleep. Oh, then he has the convo with uh, Mr. Brunner. Uh, and Mr. Brunner's like, you're not normal, Percy. Oh, wait. And Percy's like, thanks a lot. I like mm. how Grover was so done when Mr. Brunner mentioned that he had to take exams the next day. Like, yeah. Grover just completely forgot just... that that's a thing. But, uh... I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Mr. Brenner's speech about how he's not right for Yancey or more like Yancey's just, not right for him. stop being so vague. I hate this. Aww. It really doesn't sound good. Imagine life as a 12-year-old again. No, don't. That's scary. No, um, no. I blocked that out, please. But you he does it in front of everybody. That's the worst part. Like, there are kids still in the room, and can't, including fucking Nancy Bobafit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. Mr. Brenner, please That's don't. That's like if I brought a student in and was like, hey, everyone, they failed the last test. Give it up for them. They're not a great student. If you want to have trust with somebody, maybe don't call them not normal in front of people that hate him. Yeah. Just a just a pro tip for anybody wanting to have normal social interaction out there. Speaking of social interactions, then he talks with all the, the other kids, and they're all rich kids. Apparently, like, the kids must not think Percy's as bad as he thinks they are, because they in invite him into the conversation. Yeah. So I mean... that's, that's something I didn't notice until this read-through, is, like, they were talking to him. They were trying to bring him in. Yeah, it's it's really only Nancy who's like an asshole. Yeah, so I I would I would like a book solely about Percy's year at Yancey. With these delinquent boys, you know? Like Diary of a Wimpy Kid style. Oh my goodness, no. It'd be beautiful. They get the cheese touch. It's great. So the the nice thing is is he's he's going back to Manhattan. He gets to see his mom. And Grover's also happens to be going the same way. Yeah. No, I just really like the fact that he was complaining about these these rich kids though. And he's just like, I'm just going back to the city. And then they just stop talking to him. I went to a school that was um more affluent than the others in the area. Um, especially because I moved in between middle school and high school. And, uh, people had a little bit more money in that school district than what I was used to. And people would talk about their extravagant vacations, and I'm like, I went 30 minutes away to visit my dad. So I, I really, I really feel for Percy. Maybe if they didn't live in New York City, they, they might be able to afford a little more. But they live in New York City. Yeah. In... Rent you is a million dollars. 
approximately. Maybe, maybe Sally shouldn't should have lived somewhere else. I'm just saying. Move, I love move. Sally. I can't wait till we talk about her. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, they're taking a greyhound too, which is already a bad. Yeah, I've heard stories about that. I've had friends get like abandoned because of greyhound buses. That's not good. Honestly, they're lucky that when they got off this bus, they weren't just left on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. So then Percy, of course, like, confronts Grover on this bus, like, looking for kindly ones. What's the summer solstice all about? And Grover's like, nope. And my favorite is, he's just like, you're such a bad liar. And he knows Percy's dyslexic. Oh my, yeah, yeah, you know what, I didn't realize this. He gives him, first off, he's a sixth grader with a business card. Always a good sign. Always a good sign. He gives it to him in really fancy cursive. If you have dyslexia, that's a problem. And we also see how you talked about last week with um, names having power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Percy mm-hmm. goes to say Half-Blood Hill, which is the name of his place, and he immediately stops him. God, I should just do, like, a, a myth corner just about, like, names. The power of names. Because that's just, that's such a theme in a lot of different myth and folklore stuff. Reminder again to submit uh, names for what we should call the myth section of our podcast. Yeah. So far, geography, I guess, is just where the fuck are we? And uh, whenever I talk about history, it's going to be why the fuck are we? Why? <laughs> I'm great. Yes, you are. I love you. I love you too. Okay. Even though I text you, I hate you on a pretty regular basis. Okay, so so I feel like this may be um, uh, your your rant. Because, so I was talk, I was texting Taylor while I was reading this, being like, wait, wait a second. Did we talk enough about Grover at this, at this school? Because right now, like, Grover's talking about how he needs to protect Percy and all that stuff. I feel like this is where you could talk about, why is Grover at this school for troubled kids again? I have questions. Yeah, so... The only thing we find out about Grover in the last chapter is that he has something wrong with his legs. Yeah, and he can't, like, participate in gym class and stuff. That is the only background we get up until this point, and we find out we get this business card for Half-Blood Hill. That's all we know about Grover at this point. So... We were texting and talking about, well, why would a kid who just seems to have a disability be at the school? For, like, delinquents. And it's also established that he's much older than everybody else. They, he, Percy describes him as being, like, 16 in sixth grade. Did he say that? I know he was like, oh, yeah, he's already got, like, facial hair and such. Yeah, so the, he, he views them as, like, an older teenager when he's 12. Mm-hmm. So my theory is if we view Grover as just an everyday kid, mm-hmm. I think it's just everywhere else gave up on him. 
So they sent them him to the last place that they could think of that might take a kid like him. It's just so sad. <laughs> so, unfortunately, this is a thing where some public school districts will push for students with especially intellectual disabilities to go to other schools so it does not affect their scores that also Hmm. says something about just the fact that school funding and everything is based on scores but that's another issue altogether so if you have a kid who obviously has physical issues that can cause him issues that might not allow him to succeed don't send him to a school that's meant for troubled kids he's not troubled he just needs help so that that is my theory about how grover ends up there because he's not like any of the other kids that percy encounters and that's probably why percy is attracted to him yeah it just because percy specifically describes everybody else as a delinquent including himself, but never does he use that word for Grover. Grover seems like the the nice kid who just seemed very out of place at Yancey. So the fact that Percy doesn't seem to, like, question, like, I don't know why Grover's here, but, like, mm. Yeah, it's, you know, that that's my working theory. And it's interesting because... Well, in this series, we do find out the real reason he's there. As, like, a best friend, you would have to, you would think you would question that after a while. Yeah. what, What have you done in the past that you're here for? And as we know, Grover's a bad liar. Yeah. So, there, these are questions, like, I don't think... It's nice that we have these conversations because they're not things I would think about when I'm just reading it. Grover's backstory is just very non-existent. I'm very glad I thought about this while I was reading. Yeah, and I mean, I I know I had my rant last week about the idea of troubled kids to begin with, but it, especially a kid with a physical disability, a physical issue doesn't mean a learning or intellectual disability. Yeah. It doesn't mean he has an emotional disorder. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. So the fact that he's being categorized with kids that probably do need help for emotional behavioral disorders or learning disorders, things of that sort, you could take it of just how broken everything is. And this has been my episode of Why is the Education System in America Fuck? We just have a lot of Taylor segments about complaining about the world we're out of school after this chapter so i promise it won't be as bad (laughs) well then we can then we can complain about everything else in the world i just i'm very passionate about it as a teacher uh onto a lighter note back to what it says on grover's card that he hands percy he's a keeper maybe they both play Quidditch, and they're in a relationship. He's a keeper keeper. Grover and Percy, bro TP. I, I love their friendship. Yeah, so then we also go to, like, Grover being like, oh, I'm here to protect you. And Percy's just like, um... I lost sleep because I was worried 
you wouldn't wake up the next day because somebody beat you to a pulp. Yeah. And it and it's great how well timed the bus breaking yeah. down is. Yeah. Okay. Like this is just like some weird ass shit. I want to know. Did the fates cause the bus to break down at that spot? That's what I think. I that's honestly what my like mind thinks is they caused it because they pull out like a weird chunk out from underneath the bus and everything gets better almost exactly after he sees them mm-hmm. snip mm-hmm. the thread. Mm-hmm. So I really think I don't know how they did it or what they were how they planned it but they wanted him to be where he was. That idea of fate coming back to they're controlling what's going on in your life. I mean, at least they stop outside of, like, a fruit stand. I want some a jug of cider. Sorry, I was just looking to see if, like, anything else in that scene had any significance. Because I'm just like, I don't know. They were they were under a specific tree, and I was just like, "Is is this is this significant in any sort of way?" But it doesn't seem like it is. I mean, does Greece have maple trees? I don't. I I want to say probably not. I mean, that doesn't have to be. It, it could be like, it could be a symbol for something else. You know, that's what I meant. I mean, it's a so obviously it's a symbol for Canada, but like strength and endurance i could i could potentially extrapolate on that but i feel like that could be spoiler territory oh good there is a type of maple tree that grows in southern greece and southern turkey very specific to those places could i could i go could i should i go to the the spoiler place for a second and just be like hmm so we get off this bus grover's yeah anxious as as one would be when you see, like, three weird old ladies, like, staring at you across... Is it across the street? Yeah, it's all across the street. And... Yeah. God, I have questions about the socks. I, I said this before we were recording, and I just... I want to know, who the fuck are these socks for? I mean, I don't think they'll fit Percy. What do you say? The size of sweaters? Wait. Okay, but... Yeah. Why are the fates making socks? I'm just... I'm so lost. I don't know. I like... Like, electric blue. We we do find out that blue has a signif- is a significant color for Percy. Yes. It, it is... It should be in the next chapter. Well, I mean, that doesn't work for um, my thoughts on the string. The, the thread. But, uh... Yeah, I just like to think, like, the fact that they're blue is interesting. Yeah. I I just want to talk to Rick and be like, why? Why socks? Did you just not think it would be funny? I have questions. I mean, he he wants Sasquatch to be warm. They're in the Adirondacks. I'm sure there's been Sasquatch sightings there. If I, if I got a chance to ask Rick questions, it would be really stupid ones like that. Yeah, it'd be like... like I want to. Is this just? Is this just like an inside joke for you? Because it just brings up more questions for me. <laughs> is there a significance here? Probably not. Uh, good time. That's that's literally just what's in my notes. Who's supposed to wear the socks in all caps? 
I, th I think Sasquatch is going to be the answer I stick with. I'm on Team Sasquatch. So yeah, Percy, like, typically, like, watches them as they're cutting the, the yarn. And he hears the snip. And he immediately starts feeling sick as soon as it snips. Did he say that? Yeah, he starts feeling feverish as if he'd caught the flu. And then Grover's shivering and his teeth were chattering. Hmm. So it's, it's almost instantaneously showing not only how they're tied to each other, they're experiencing a lot of the same um, issues. Yeah. But also showing that there must be something bigger at play. Yeah. I mean, it could also just be because they were in the presence of, like, some very important, possibly primordial, like, goddesses. So, like, sometimes when you're in the presence of such power, you know... Have have you experienced it can, this? In a, yes, I have experienced this. Oh, okay. I've been in your presence before, so... But not actually. We've never met in person. This is enough for me. Like, oh, I'm getting I'm getting feverish and shivering right now, so <laughs> don't make it worse. <laughs> you might want to get checked out, bud. <laughs> don't be in Taylor's presence. She's actually a goddess. That's why I have to teach from home. She's too powerful. Only Joe can be in your presence. Only, only Jophis, my my favorite human. That's because I'm not a human. That's why I'm not her favorite. So, you're you're right. We see the cord snip. Yeah, we saw the cord snip, and Percy's asking, like, are are the old ladies like Mrs. Dodds? And I just love the fact that he reads Grover's expression and Grover's, and he gets the feeling that they were much worse than Mrs. Dodds. Which just leads into my being like, oh, that they were like affected by this because they're not run of the mill monsters. They're like, they can fuck you up. Yeah, I I think it's a really interesting way to end it with this. He looked at me mournfully, like he was already picking the kind of flowers I like best on my coffin. Yeah. Like, oh, closing off this kid's thoughts with man. I also just realized this is um. So I will always notice this when I was reading the books, but this is the first time that um, Grover makes like a gesture with his fingers, where he's like, awarding evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I always liked as, like, a thing in the books. This is the first time that he does that. What just happened was actually kind of fucking scary if you, you know, know who those ladies are. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Grover goes to walk him home. So Gro Grover's like, it's always sixth grade. It's always sixth grade. Is this, does this mean something? What, what, what always happens in sixth grade? Hmm. Hmm. Puberty. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is the thing that happens. 
Um, that's the end of the chapter, though. I love that we we talked a lot about that chapter, even though I was like, there's nothing happening in this chapter. Yeah, I think if... So, you and I have both read these books before. Yeah. And I think the nice thing about us zeroing in on stuff that is just right in front of us is we see more. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Because the last time we, the time we first read them was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. It's been that long since we've just looked at it as that chapter. And I yeah. think sometimes we're like, oh, there's not. There's not any significance. There's nothing happening here. But then as soon as we, like, stop and we're like, oh. Well, yeah. it, especially if we put ourselves in the shoes of a fucking 12-year-old boy. Yeah. Like, before we recorded, we were just thinking about, shit, there's nothing happening in this chapter. We should think about other things that we could talk about. <laughs> and Taylor wanted to talk about Hercules. And I was going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Because <laughs> the fates appear in both of those things. Trust me, I'll find my time to talk about Hercules. Hey, hey, uh, listener, if you want us to start a Patreon and maybe do a bonus episode on Hercules, yeah, let us know. What are you doing? What is happening right now? I'm saying zero to hero. Okay. (laughs) Those are the muses. I know, but the songs, that's what I thought of when I thought of Hercules. The muses are so great. The Fates don't have a song. Yeah, I I did not understand how much mythology knowledge she had for a second and I, like, screamed at Taylor just like, are you talking about the fucking muses? And I said, no, I'm talking about the fucking Fates. Listen, a lot of people don't know enough, so I worry. I really do. You just hate I have thoughts about Hercules. I really love it, but it's not mythology accurate at all. Oh, no, not at all. But it's not such a good movie. So It's so fucking good. And with that yeah. glowing review of Hercules, <laughs> do you have any <laughs> final final thoughts about um, just this chapter in general? I mean, we talked about how we didn't We talked think... about everything in, like, excruciating detail. And like I said, nothing happens. But it does if you're a 12-year-old. Yeah. Like, nothing like the, happened and so much happens. This chapter, like, is very formative for Percy himself. This is the first time he's hearing that, okay, Mr. Brenner and Grover know that something actually happened. This is this is still just a foreshadowing chapter. Like, we're, we're still going for the lead-up to, like, shit going down. Yeah. I, I definitely appreciate it, and I'm really excited in the next chapter we to meet Percy's mom. I love and Sally. She, she's probably one of the best characters in Sally the series. Jackson, actual goddess. Um, what are you plugging this week to oh. keep moving ourselves forward? I am going to cond- going to plug cherry limeade sparkling ice. Oh my goodness! Not actually, but it's also delicious. So. Um, so, I think the 
biggest thing I want to plug right now is just our friends over at Hello from Elsewhere and the WBE network. Ooh, yeah. We got to do a hangout with some of our peeps from over there last week, which was so much fun. And their podcast is so great. If you're nerdy or geeky about just about any subject, they've probably got an episode for you. And Casey and Valerie are the nicest people in the whole world. Yes, they are, truly. So uh, that that is my plug for this week is... Not just their show, but their community. Them as people. I I plug Casey and Valerie as people. Yeah, we're we're just pl- we're not even plugging the show. We're just plugging Casey and Valerie and their existence. Honestly, Valerie like posts things she's knitted on her Instagram, and it's so just it's, calming. It's so cute. So uh, that that's my plug. Is that your plug too? Um, I actually had, like, other things. I was just gonna be like, hey, this is what I watched this week. <laughs> because I, lo- I watch a lot of shows. So you do watch a lot of shows. I literally, in this week, I watched all of Troll Hunters on Netflix. Uh, and in the last two days, I watched all of Harley Quinn on HBO Max. I don't watch TV. <laughs> I know you don't. I just... I need to have something going on in the background. If it's not a podcast, it's a show. So, yeah. Those those were good shows. I like both of them. Harley Quinn, though, uh, it, it's an adult show. Just, just so everybody is aware. This is also an adult show. This is also an adult show. I understand that. I already like, told you, if you're a child, you shouldn't be listening. Okay, so I think I think that's all I have for the peoples out there. If you're out there, who knows? If you're out there listening to us. Yeah. I'm good. I think we're good. Are we good? You know what? All I have left to say is, Taylor, can you get out of your fucking closet? You can follow the podcast socials at of the eldest gods pod on Instagram and at of the eldest gods on Twitter. You can send an iris message to us through of the eldest gods pod at gmail.com. You can follow me, Taylor, at Taylor from Cabin Six on Instagram and Historical Femme spelled F E M M E on Twitter. Catch me on episodes of the restricted section. Hello from Elsewhere, and True Stories of a Tryhard. You can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, mainly Instagram and Tumblr. But on Twitter, I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm not salty about. No, not at all. Uh, I also have an art Instagram that I sometimes use, at GreenPixieDraws. Uh, I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, Charlie Mac. That's M-A-C-K. And I also have another podcast called Fandom's Gone Wrong, where my mom and I talk about movies, TV shows, books, and whatever other fandoms we enjoy. You can find that on all the major podcasting apps. Our music was written by Nora Strauss-Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian Emmerich. You can find Nora at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. 
Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your pod. She's the host of Siblings and Fandoms, where Nora and her sister Maddie talk about fandoms they're part of, ones they're not, and everything in between. She is also the host of Modern Musical Origin, which is an informative show delving into the history of different instruments and styles of music. You can find both of those pods on all the major podcasting apps. We are proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features the Restricted section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod, with lots of spoilers all the time, and the Movie Night Crew. Join some friends as they react to some terrible, some meh, and some really great movies. What's up, potheads? It's me, your host, Christina. Welcome to the Restricted section. No, we're not in Hogwarts. It's like a metaphor. Do you get it? Like, we're raunchy, and we get drunk, and we make sex jokes, and we have an all-spoilers-all-the-time policy, so, you know, it's like the Restricted section. I've been told that explaining jokes makes them funnier. If you've ever wondered how the Marauders map actually works, If you've ever thought that maybe Snape sometimes wears jeans. If you've ever thought that Draco and Harry are for sure in love. I mean, they're for sure in love. If you've ever had a hard time deciding who you'd rather bang, Bill or Charlie, obviously Charlie, then this podcast is for you. You don't even have to do the reading. We'll do it for you. Catch the Restricted Section every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts and find us online at Restricted Section Pod. Of the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now, we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. Kronos, but not that one. <laughs> yes. That movie sucked. Well, I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.